Um, but over the years, you know, I, I and when, when the Lord told us to do this, I didn't, I wasn't sure that anyone would survive if we did pastor church. But here we are 10 years later. Uh, the way the Lord told us to do this church was he wanted us to equip people to do the work of the ministry. And, uh, and then we've tried to be faithful to that. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about how grace has been given to each one of us according to the measure of the gift of Christ. So if you are looking for a home church, if you don't have a home church and you, uh, and you want to discover the purpose for which you were created, if you want to know the gift of God that, that uh, either that he's given you or that he desires to manifest through you, uh, when, you know, when he does use you, this is, this is a good place for that because we give it now. Many people think that that's what they want. You know, they're like, yeah, hey, man, I want to know God. What they don't realize when you start pressing into light, it, it exposes darkness. And, <laughs> you know, uh, some people, they're not quite ready for that. It's like revival. Everybody wants revival. You know, oh, man, we want revival. Yeah, revival will use up all your toilet paper and stain your carpets and, and, and ruin your chairs and keep you at church every day and, and keep you up till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. And, and I mean, it, there's a lot of things that go with revival. Revival will challenge the way you have worshiped. Revival, you know what revival will do? Revival, will, revival, first thing revival will do when it hits your life is say, you ain't doing it right. <laughs> and nobody likes to hear that. But you know, if we were doing all the, if we were doing everything to facilitate revival, if we were doing everything God wanted us to do to facilitate, we'd already have it. So this idea that, you know, oh, well, you know, this, it's in the, well, the Lord knows it's in his time. No, you know, here's the deal. Uh, you know, God, it's always been God's intention to revive his church. Uh, we've got to, we've got to, uh, We've got to cooperate with him. So anyway, open your Bibles with me to the book of Luke. Let's read this verse of scripture. We've been talking about the anointing. And we did the, yeah, I already received it. So if you, if you do have a, a, if you're going to bring a visitor's card, if you, if you, uh, I'm sure you've either got one when you came in. And if you didn't, someone accosted you at some point. It, it happens. But um, you can put it in the offering basket before you walk out the door. It is a little bit chilly in here because of the temperature outside. And so if you... Uh, need a blanket. There are drop cloths around here somewhere. You could probably use one of those and it might help you out. I think they're, they all may be stacked right there. Do not be shy. Get you one of them and uh, tuck in. So anyway, Luke chapter four, <clears throat> we've been talking about the anointing and what we've been talking about is, uh, what we've been talking about all aspects of the anointing. On Wednesday nights, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit uh, the ministries uh, and gifts of the Holy Spirit and covering that. And then we got off into the anointing because, of course, if you're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit, you have to understand that those things don't function uh, just be because you've made up your mind or you've set in your head it's going to work. They're gifts of the Spirit. Say gifts of the Spirit. Gifts of the Spirit. So the Bible calls them manif also manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Or the holy, what's the word manifestation mean? Y'all remember? To put on display. So what, it's, what they are, what the gifts of the Spirit are, is a, a displaying of the Spirit's power. It's the Spirit being put on. Not, not, not the, uh, you know, there's some people that are talented. They're like, that's my gift. No, that's your talent. And um, it, they say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit's used me. No, you know, there's some, I mean, you know, Elvis, he was, you know, 
Here recently, there's been a whole deal with Elvis Presley. And Elvis, you know, Elvis grew up in a Pentecostal environment. And at, and at one time was born again. And I believe he, he was filled with the Spirit, from what I understand. Now, I don't know that for sure. I never met the man. But, um, but that's, what, that's what's been told. He grew up in a Pentecostal home, in a Pentecostal church, was baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the call of God was on his life. But how many of you know that he didn't fulfill his call? <clears throat> because God, God don't call you to sleep with a bunch of women and do a bunch of drugs. And that's not what, that's not the calling of God. But, you know, God wanted to glorify himself in the life of, of, of Elvis. So Elvis had a talent. He had, he certainly had a gift, but the spirit of God wasn't in the gift that, in, in the talent that Elvis displayed. And so you can have a gift uh, from the Spirit in your life. But if you're not yielded to the Spirit and the Holy Spirit isn't who's put on display as a result, are y'all hearing me today? Because we got, we got people singing in church that have talent, but they're not displaying the Holy Spirit. They're displaying a talent that they have. And so that's where the anointing comes in. The anointing is God's Spirit coming upon us and the manifestation of the Spirit coming upon us so that when we do what God either purposed for us or created us to do or anointed us to do, the Spirit is put on it because they're the manifestations of the Spirit, that the Spirit is manifested, that the Spirit is who is put on display because it's only when the Spirit is put on display that, uh, that God really gets uh, the glory and His uh, will is really done. Well, I hope you understand that. Oh, yeah. Now you say, well, Brother Ziggy, what a, um, is that always the case? Always. Always. Uh, whatever that, uh, whatever that uh, thermostat is on, crank it up a couple of degrees, please, because it's still blowing, and I'm not sure. Well, maybe it's that fan that's blowing, but anyhow. <clears throat> so uh, Luke chapter 4, we'll just, I'm going to try to just read through these super quick. I haven't been successful the past couple of Sundays to do that. But anyway, Luke chapter 4, Jesus said something. He, in verse 18, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Amen. So Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and had anointed him. For what purpose? To proclaim good news to the poor. Uh, he sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What a, what a great... Uh, uh, what a great declaration. Look what verse 20 says. And he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant. He sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. In other words, Jesus was saying, you may have heard this before, but today this scripture is being fulfilled before those of you that are hearing it. In other words, I'm not just making a declaration here. Come on, somebody. You know, there's, I know, I know there have been times when, when the Lord first called me to preach, Jesus, help me to get past this today. <clears throat> when the, when the Lord first called me to preach, um, I, I got born again in a Mennonite church, got baptized in the Holy Ghost in a Mennonite church, Spanish Mennonite church. These people were very limited in their understanding of the things of the spirit, very conservative church, very laid back church, Mennonites. I mean, just the way you picture Mennonites is exactly how this church was. These people were laid back, I mean, to a fault and, but they were, they were spirit filled. 
So they were baptized in the Holy Ghost, but I'm not sure they, they were really expecting for the Bible to come alive in their lives, for the, for, the, for, the, for the things that were written in the book to be manifested. Of course, when I got born again in that church and filled with the Holy Ghost in that church, I expected that God was going to be the same God uh, for me that he was uh, in the Bible. And so um, I'll, I, uh, went to a, I went to, into a time of prayer. And when I went into this time of prayer, I saw a vision. One time I came home from school and I walked into my bedroom and the Spirit of God hit me. As soon as the bedroom door closed, my room filled with uh, the, the glory of God, my bedroom. I was, I was uh, 15 years old. And the glory of God filled my bedroom, so much so that I couldn't stand up. You know how we read in Chronicles how that the Bible says that they, the priests were uh, trying to, you know, they were ministering to the Lord and they were, they were trying to minister, but the anointing fell and the glory of God fell and smoke filled the temple and the priests couldn't even stand to minister for reason of the cloud. That, that's kind of how I didn't see a cloud, but when I walked into the room, the presence of God fell so strong in my room after I shut the door that I could no longer stand up. I couldn't even, I couldn't stand. And I'd never seen anyone fall under the power of God ever before. I'd never seen anyone slain in the spirit. We were in the Mennonite church. That didn't happen in the Mennonite church. So when I shut the door and the spirit of God fell and I fell back and was slain under the power of the spirit, all of a sudden as I'm laying there, my ceiling turns into a giant television screen and I see by the spirit a vision for what God called me to do in my life. And the Lord speaks to me during that vision and tells me, I've called you to demonstrate my power to your generation. I've called you to spread the fire of revival across this nation. I've called you to teach my people how to do the works that Jesus did. Now, as a, as a 15 year old kid who before this was on drugs and, you know, doing my own thing and a devil worshiper, now all of a sudden I have this vision and I have this encounter, this supernatural encounter with God. I mean, it's like foreign to me. God told me in that vision, he'd said, you're going to be an evangelist. When I asked my pastor about it, I called my pastor after I had the vision. I said, Was it, what is an evangelist? You know, what he, you know what his response was? Something that you're not. Because he didn't like me. I mean, well, he liked me. He just didn't like the way that I was. I was so fired up and so excited and had been so transformed when I got born again that I started, you know, um, well, in the Mennonite church, they have uh, every, every week they would have testimonies. Well, every week after I got born again, I had a testimony and I wasn't quiet about it. You know, I was like, I just want to thank God. You know, I mean, I, I, I thought instead of being in a Spanish church, I thought I was at the, you know, at the uh, Greater Sat Memorial Church of God in Christ. You understand? I mean, I was like, I want to thank God. Uh, he woke me up this morning and he woke me up on time. Yeah. And, you know, they, they didn't know what to do with that. You know, they're like, what, in, what do we do with that? And so he, I think he thought that I was just, I was just being obnoxious and maybe that I was trying to get attention or, or something of that nature. Because if they, if they want it, will, will somebody pray? I was like, I'll pray father in the name of Jesus. Well, you know, I, I went to, I went to praying and, and he, he just didn't like that. That was off putting to him. He thought that I ought to be, uh, I think he thought it was irreverent that I ought to come before the Lord with more humility, kind of like y'all seem to be this morning, nice and somber and quiet. But anyway, um, <laughs> y'all are thinking about tacos, you dirty rats. <laughs> you smell them tacos, everybody like, Shele, bele. 
Pastor, I feel like we're supposed to close this service early. But anyhow, um, you know, so my, my pastor, he wasn't real supportive of, of me when I, when, whenever I told him what's an evangelist. I think he knew in his, in his heart and in his mind that I must be thinking that I was called. What he didn't understand, it wasn't a thought. It was a vision. It was a revelation. It was something that the Lord, listen, I'm going to tell you something. When God calls you, and this is, it's unfortunate that this generation is in this place right now, that that everyone, um, everyone is wondering what it is that God has called them to do, and don't realize that when God has called you and he has anointed you, you will stick out. Do you know when you're, when you're anointed, you don't have to tell nobody you're anointed. When God has called you and set you apart for his purpose, when he has put a gift in you, when he has put, when he has put his spirit upon you like he, his spirit was upon Jesus, then when, when he does that, people will recognize that there is something about your life that is different than everybody. Now, you may not be able to identify it right away, but people around you will identify. You don't walk to the beat of the same drum that everybody walks to. And you know what? I'm describing people that are in this house this morning. See, some of you think it's just your personality. You know what? Some people, it is, it is their personality because that's all that they know at that moment. But once they get a revelation of the Spirit and once the Spirit of the Lord comes upon them and once they allow the Spirit to be manifested in them, they'll realize that it wasn't just their personality. It was the touch of God. It was the hand of God. It was the purpose of God upon their life. I guarantee that nearly every one of you that are here today have believed at some time or another in your life that there was some, that you were meant to do something greater than everybody else. And I don't, let me, let me, let me reassure you of something. Not everyone has those thoughts. But there are some of us because of what we have experienced in life because of what the Lord has done, uh, either done in us before we knew that he was calling us or that he, uh, that he had created us for a purpose or whatever. He put that in us because that's right. There's something that he wants to do in you that's extraordinary, that goes beyond your capability, that goes way beyond anything that you could dream or imagine. And I believed that when I was a teenager. But you know what I thought? I, was, I thought I was going to be a rock and roll star. Because I was lead singer in a heavy metal band. And you know, I may have, I may have been if I'd have kept on that same road. I'd have probably been strung out on drugs. I'd probably ended up in prison. Things may not have, may not have gone. But I may have headed down that road or I may be dead. But he touched me. And so I said to the pastor, what's an evangelist? He said, well, something you're not. And I just tucked that away. It didn't discourage me. I just tucked that away. I said, well, I just heard it. I didn't even know what an evangelist was, Rachel. God told me I'd be, I didn't even know what it was. I just wanted the definition. I finally got the definition somewhere else. But I went to a tent meeting a couple weeks later, and a man named Leon Stutzman 
called me out, prophesied over me. I had no idea what that was. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know what prophesying was. I didn't know what people, I didn't know nothing about that. He calls me out. He says, you've had dreams and you've had visions and they're of me, says the Lord. I mean, here he is. It's like he's talking like he's God. I had no idea what was happening. So I just assumed maybe he's talking like he's God and maybe he's telling, maybe he's hearing a transmission from heaven. You know, I didn't know. You've had dreams, you've had visions. And what you've seen in those dreams and visions, they're for me, says the Lord. I've called you. I have anointed you. I have set you apart to do my work. I have called you to be an evangelist. I'm going to take you and I'm going to cause the fire of revival to fall through your life. And many are going to be touched, says the Lord. You are an evangelist. He laid his hands on me. And next thing I know, I'm in the same position I was in that bedroom, laying flat on my back, looking up at the top of that tent. No idea how I got down there, but it was nice. I was like, Seth, boy, I was like, Seth. (laughs) <laughs> this is nice. It was, it was super cool. It was super cool. But here's, here's the thing I want you to be aware of, is that everywhere I went, every church I ever, I would go visit a church, and these people wouldn't know me from anybody. And I would just go there to go hear someone preach or to go and worship with those people. And it never failed. Before I left that church, someone would come to me and say, you're anointed. At first, I used to think they were saying I was annoying. I thought, how rude, you know? I mean, I, was, I would think, I think, how rude. These church people, man, I tell you, because, well, I mean, I was kind of used to it. Spanish church, they'll tell you all kinds of stuff. But so I figured, you know, it was just everybody. Everybody in church is just rude. I mean, Boy, you're annoying. That's what I thought they were saying. You're anointed, they'd say. I thought it meant the same thing as annoying. And I was like, man. And finally, I told someone, I said, why is everybody so annoyed with me? They said, why do you say that? They, well, they keep telling me I'm anointed. They're like, you idiot. That means the spirit of God is on you. I was like, oh, okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, hey, that's a horse of a different color. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, man, already? Bro, it's early, too. <sighs> Jesus. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> He like, please, please, mama, forgive me. Forgive me, mama. <laughs> I love you, mama. You're the best, mama. You're the, you're the best of the best. I'm going to rub your feet when we get home, mama. <laughs> oh, you don't ever want to be a kid in this church kicked out of children's church. You get kicked out of children's church in this church, boy. I'll be like, hmm, hmm? <laughs> Who was a couple weeks? Was it Draco a couple weeks? <laughs> and Draco coming to <laughs> I said stuff too. He like, like, I got a microphone. Look, let's look at verse 20 of that same. He, it says, and he rolled up the scroll and he gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. When, when you're anointed and when the Lord puts his spirit upon you and it becomes evident that you're anointed, people are going to recognize it. You know why? Because it don't look like you. And these people, y'all know Jesus was in his hometown when he read that, right? You know, we, what do we read in other passages of Scripture about Jesus in his hometown? He, that he couldn't do any mighty works there. Why couldn't he do it? Because they're unbelief. 
Do you know why they were unbelieving? Because they saw him grow up. Now they're seeing something totally different. In fact, they go on to, in some, in some of the, of the uh, versions of these, these particular scriptures, it says this, that some say, isn't that Joseph's son? Aren't these his brothers and his sisters? How does he have this working in him? If he's, he's a carpenter's kid. We saw him grow up. I mean, it was, it was hard for them to put, to put it together. See, that's how the anointing, are y'all hearing me today? Now, I know some of you are saying, why are you saying this, Brother Ziggy? Because you've got a whole lot of people saying they're anointed, and really, they're just anno- they really are just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the anointing will really set you apart. The anointing of God will really set you apart. Not always in a positive way. Did you hear what I just said? Not always in a positive way. Because as many times as people have been glad that I was anointed, there have been some people that just didn't want to hear it and didn't want to be. They recognized it too. They just didn't like it. Same with Jesus. Here were these people that had known him all of his life. They'd become familiar with him. And the Bible says in some places they were offended at him. Verse 22, look what it says. And all spoke well of him and marveled at at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, is not this Joseph's son? And he said to them, doubtless, you will quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. And then he goes on to tell them how they're going to treat him before it's all said and done. So we want to walk under the anointing of God's spirit in a way that separates the cause us to the anointing will cause you to be separated oh, yeah. the anointing the anointing uh, I told you all the story you know about Annie and I when Annie Annie and I she was in that Mennonite church she listen it's a wonder I got saved period I'm she wasn't even there that night that's the only reason because when she was there, I was, I was taking notice, you understand? And I wasn't getting in the spirit. I wasn't getting in the spirit when Annie was there. It was another spirit. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, is this love that I'm feeling? It was something close to it. It wasn't quite love. But anyway, gorgeous. She's, she's just as gorgeous today as she was then. But... <clears throat> During that time, when I discovered the call of God in my life, was the time uh, that we were acquainted with one another, and we started, you know, you know how it is when you're when you're in school, you want to go out, you want to go with me. It's like where, where are we going? Where did we ever go? I mean, we were going with people, but then where did we ever go? We never went nowhere. But you know what it means. You know what it meant. Y'all know. Y'all was there anyway. So we was going together. I don't know, we weren't going anywhere, but we was going together. Fifteen, you know, I, I liked her. She liked me. After a couple weeks, the Spirit of the Lord was working with me and was like, you can't keep, you can't keep with her. Now, listen, I had no idea that, this, that she would one day be my wife. But at 15, the, the Spirit of the Lord said, you can't, you can't do that. I'm like, why? He said, because you, you, you're too carnal. 
because you're too, you get too distracted. You need to keep your eyes on me. And so at, at 15 years old, I had to break it off with the woman that would become my wife. And it wasn't until, and broke her heart, broke my heart, it wasn't until three years later that the Lord said, that's your wife. And then, then you start going, well, why in the world did I have to break up with her then? Well, yeah, you know, because we're idiots and he knows everything. You know what I'm saying? You think that we would just trust God. See, some of you, the reason why you won't yield yourself to the anointing is because you feel like the anointing is, is leading you away from things that you, that you desire. Things that you, amen, things, even things that you say, well, I believe the Lord wants me to have that. Yeah, he may want you to have it, but he may not want you to have it the way that you're trying to get it. Well, I'm preaching. See, that, that, that's, that's, it's not, listen, it's not that the anointing isn't good and isn't desirable. The anointing's good. The anointing is desirable. But sometimes when we follow a God to the place where the anointing will be manifested in our life, he will lead us away from things that we desire in our lives, that we desire to have, that are just personal desires. Some things that we desire because he intends for us to desire them, but not in that moment. But the only way that we can really figure it out is by the, by the Spirit. We, we have to follow the Lord. Amen. We have to allow... Amen. Better said in tongues than English. It's the anointing calling, Rick. <clears throat> so you see that Jesus, on that day, he was anointed and because he was it was manifested. People that had known him saw it and didn't quite get it. They didn't quite understand. But it didn't change the fact that he was anointed. Uh, go, go with me to the book of... Um, oh, should I, should I read these? How much time do I have for y'all? Revolt and get hungry and eat, start eating tacos without me. You know, when I go to the reservation, Indian reservation, they be making Indian tacos right in front of me while I'm preaching. They don't wait. They don't, well, they make it right by the tent, dirty rats. No, in the name of Jesus. <clears throat> what I'll do is I, if, <laughs> I'll just get my hand in the grease and start anointing y'all. Let's, let's read uh, Mark chapter 6, another, another version of this. Mark chapter 6, verses uh, 1 through... Uh, verses uh, 1, starting verse 1 through 6, it says, And he went out from thence, he came into his own country, his disciples followed him, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that uh, even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Uh, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? 
And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And he could, and he could there do no mighty work, save he laid his hand upon, hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled, this is one of the very few times you're going to see this, and he marveled because of their unbelief. And he went round about the villages teaching. So uh, notice, the first thing I want you to notice is this. The anointing will cause you to stick out. People either accept it or they'll reject it. It'll either be a, a blessing to them or it won't be. But I also want you to notice something else. It affected how Jesus was able to function. So we, what we're talking about, what we started here, is how our associations affect the anointing on our lives. And we, and we have to understand that. Our associations affect how the anointing manifests in our lives. That's, that's why it's important for us to follow after the Spirit. Now, being in that Mennonite church affected. You know, uh, in that Mennonite church, uh, we didn't have a breakout of miracles in that Mennonite church, in, in, that, in my home church, uh, through my ministry. I would go other places and God would do extraordinary miracles. I'd go back to my home church, nothing would happen. I tried to preach to them people, but the anointing was affected because of how those people wanted to associate me, how they wanted to see me, um, how they perceived what God was doing in me. And many of them, you know, I was just uh, back in the day when I lived in Ohio, my nickname was Shaggy. Uh, I was just little Shaggy. Of course, I wasn't, I wasn't that little. I'm, I wasn't that big, but I mean, I was tall and skinny like my son. Um, but them, in their minds, I was little Shaggy. Nothing like little Mike. <laughs> he got a little, uh, boy, y'all are awfully quiet today, man. <laughs> y'all make me nervous. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so the anointing can be affected by your associate. If you hang out with a bunch of people that don't, that, that don't have any confidence in what God wants to do, even though they might have seen uh, different things. In fact, the Bible says that they, that they saw some of the things that Jesus did, some of the manifestations that happened through his life. But even them seeing it, it didn't, it didn't have an impact on them to the point where, they, where Jesus's ministry could be effective. So, so what do you do in that, in, in that case? Well, you know what? If you're, if you're in a church and God has called you and he's anointed you and he set you apart to do his work and you still not, if that was, if God, if God told you 40 years ago, you was called to do something, you haven't fulfilled that call. I think you need to get away from the people you've been hanging out with. Well, I, I just believe it's going to happen anytime. No, it ain't. It ain't going to happen anytime now. It ain't going to happen as long as you're there. You know what? Jesus could have hung out there and he could have prayed about it and all that stuff. But their unbelief was going to keep him from being everything that God had created him to be. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, oh, God can do anything. I know he can, except except. He can't, he, he couldn't work with Jesus in his hometown because of the unbelief of the people that were there. You know what? If that was the case with Jesus, I reckon it might be the case with you too. And I'm not talking about just around people. Because, you know, I've seen I, later going back to the Mennonite church later on, 
we did, there was, you know, there was like a shift of, of people that were there and a bunch of people that didn't know me came and started going to church there. And I started going to church and the power of God started falling. People started getting miracles in that Mennonite church. When I go to my hometown, we have extraordinary miracles. You know why? Because a bunch of them people that were unbelieving died off. Unfortunately. And so there's a bunch of people there that they don't know nothing about me being a little shaggy. They see me and I mean, I might as well be Benny Hinn to some of them people. And listen, I mean, I get stopped in the bathroom. Hey, can you lay your hands on me? Well, let me wash my hands first. We'd be sitting in the mall trying to eat Chinese food. People, people just sit, pop down next to me like, Brother Ziggy, oh, hey, what's up? And what's your name again? Yeah. Go into a conversation. But can you pray for me? Well, I was, I was eating, but I will pray for you. Now, let me get a little oil out of this rice in the name of Jesus. People honking the horn at us, trying to get us to pull over. Now, so, so things can, things can shift. But see, that's, the, the thing is, is you have to identify, you have to identify, you know, there's some people you get around them and they drain the anointing for you. You, you, you could be the most anointed person on the planet. You get around some people and you feel like, you feel like every bit of what was God in your life was just sucked out. You know what you ought to do when uh, you get around people like that? Get away from them. Like, well, I want to help them. Well, you can't help them. Oh, yeah. I remember I was in, I was in uh, Mountain View, Arkansas, and there was a man that had come to the meetings. This guy, <laughs> he, was a true art, he was a true native of Arkansas. I mean, he barely had any teeth in his head. And uh, I once heard a joke. Someone said that the toothbrush was invented in Arkansas. I was like, really? It was. They, I said, how do you know that? They said, well, if it had been invented anywhere else, it would have been the teeth brush, not the toothbrush. But anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, edit that from the recording, please. So, uh, <laughs> Ted, you, you're a river Marcus, aren't you? <laughs> but anyway, uh, <laughs> So this, this guy, he was this snaggletooth brother, and I loved him. He got born, he, he rededicated his heart to the Lord in one of the meetings, and, and you could tell that, that God had his hand on him. Every night, he would bring two, three rows of people to the revival services. We were in Mountain View for at least six or seven weeks uh, for revival. And every night, he would bring a whole new group of people. We'd get to minister to these people, and God would just do incredible things. And this fellow, one day he comes to me, he said, Brother Ziggy, he had told me that his wife had left him. He'd lost his family. He had had a moral failure. That's a fancy way of saying he had an affair. And so he had this moral failure. And he, he sat down next to me one night after church. He said, Brother Ziggy, he said, you remember I told you, you know, that I had this indiscretion with a woman? I said, yes. And he said, well, you know, I saw her the other day and, she, you know, yesterday and, or no, today. He said, I saw her today and she was walking and, and I told her about the revival and I told her she ought to come. You know, she really needs the Lord. She's in a bad way. I was like, yes. <laughs> he says, you reckon I ought to bring her? You reckon I ought to bring her? I said, listen, brother. I said, you done, I said, you done try. I said, you laid hands, lips and everything else on this woman. It didn't work. It didn't work. I don't care how anointed you are. It didn't work. Here, here's, here's what I say. Stay away. Do you know why? Because last time you was with this woman, it destroyed your life. 
why, why is it that we, why is it that some, that we get so like our brain like turns off sometimes and we, no matter, we will hang out in a place in a church around different people and it really is the deception of the enemy. Sometimes the enemy plants people in our lives that he knows good and well are going to keep us from functioning in the full measure of the anointing of God that God intended for our life. And you know, you know what lie he'll tell us? You can reach him. Here's the thing, church. You're not the only one God uses. God don't have to use you to reach them people. Well, God's got me in that church that I'm in because I'm the only one. No, you're not. That's what Elijah said when he was suicidal. I'm the only one left. <laughs> Anybody remember? I'm the only one. And I'm like, just take me, Lord. <laughs> the truth was, he wasn't the only one. God, God, God has a many different facets, many different ways he can reach people. But the enemy will try to tell you in order to, to sideline you and to keep you from ever getting over in the full measure of what you, and many of you, that's where, that's where many of you found yourselves before you came here. And some of you still finding yourself there, even though you're here, because you'll go and you'll gravitate toward people that will, that will siphon the anointing out of your life and keep you ineffective. You'll get away from a church that kept you ineffective, and then you start hanging around people every week that are making you ineffective. I know, I, I know, it's like, well, you know, Jesus hung out with sinners. Amen. But, but not, Jesus didn't let them influence him. I was going to read about that here in a second. But anyway, this guy from Magnolia. Oh, can I, can I, should I bring her? No, no. Okay. Okay, brother. Praise God. Next night, he brings that woman to church. He walks in the door. I could tell when she walked in. I was like, that's, that's her. I, I know it's her. And sure enough, he's like, this is her. I'm like, I still at him. I shook my head. This, this woman started manifesting evil spells. She's coughing through the whole service. <laughs> like she's about to spit up a demon. Really what she came to do is to distract. Finally, he grabs her, drags her to the front. The Lord said, don't pray for that woman. I, I didn't. I just walked around her like she wasn't even there. I just kept on preaching. Eventually, he got angry and left, never came back. And here's the thing. God had changed his life. In four weeks, he had changed his life. By the seventh week, we never, we never saw him again. We never saw him again. And you, and you know, he said, well, that, that preacher don't love people. Oh, no, you don't, you don't get it. You know, there's some people God's called me to reach, and then there's others I'm never going to reach. God hadn't called us to reach everybody in Oklahoma City. Now, there's a people in Oklahoma City that we're going to reach. There are people in this nation that we're going to reach. There are people all around the world that we're going to reach. But then there's others. They're going to think I'm a hamburger short of a Happy Meal. I'm surprised I haven't already made the heretic list. I'm surprised I haven't already had videos and Facebook postings of how, you know, how much of a heretic I am and how off, you know, center I am and all these things. You know, it's just, it's just a matter of time. 
But you know what? Those, those aren't, I'm not going to try to go after them. Why would I want to waste my time on one person that doesn't want to get with me when I got all kinds of people that want to connect and they want to, they want to be anointed, they want to be equipped, and they want to be mobilized to do the work of the kingdom in the last days? Amen. Thank God. And so some of us, we've got to get to the point where we are determined that we're going to follow the leading of the Spirit, where we're going to not associate with people that, that siphon and drain the anointing from our lives and make us ineffective. Amen. Anybody being helped at all yet? I'm almost done. I know you saved you two minutes late, Pastor. No, two minutes late. I'm, I got plenty of time because they're not ready yet. Praise God. Can I read you a couple more verses and then we'll, we'll be done? Uh, Luke, chapter, Luke chapter 15, uh, you can just write it down and look at it later. I'll read it to you. Verses 1 and 2, it says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. Remember I was telling you this? And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. No, they were, uh, they were uh, condemning Jesus because he hung out with these sinners. <laughs> I'm going to read it in a different version here. Uh, that was a, what I read, the King James? Let me read in the New King James. It says this, then all the tax collectors and sinners drew near to him. Look what it says, to hear him. Say, to hear him. See, that's the, that's the difference, was that Jesus didn't draw near to the sinners to hear them, is that the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And because of that, they were, you know what? The, the Pharisees didn't draw near to Jesus so they could hear him. They, yeah, they, they heard him, but they only heard him to respond in protest. They weren't, they weren't looking to hear him for, to, to get answers. Y'all hear what I'm saying? They drew near to hear him. The Pharisees scribes complaining, saying, This man receives sinners, eats with them. So he spoke a parable unto them. So Jesus, his anointing flourished when these people came that came to hear him. Amen. You know, there's some, there's some people, when you, when you go to, let me, let me, I'll, I'll finish with this. I, I, there's other stuff I want to read to you, and there's some other stuff that I really want to get to that has to do with associations, not only that hinder the anointing, but, but help the anointing as well uh, to, to manifest in a greater measure in your life. But we, we have people come to our church, and they're like, boy, you know, uh, some people, their motivation for going to a church and becoming a part of a church uh, everywhere. I hear this from every pastor everywhere. And that is people will come, they'll say, Lord told me to come here to help you. Let me let you in on a little secret. If God brings you to Winner's Church, it's, we could use your help, but probably God didn't send you here to help us that much. Most of the time when God sends you to a place, he sends you there because you need their help. You need a message, you need a word, you need uh, the anointing, the flow of the Spirit. God sends us many times to associate with people because they help us to become what we need. Now, you, listen, you might have a gift. Uh, you know, Seth's been sitting in this church a little over a year, him and Melody. And um, I knew Seth was a musician, and I wondered why he hadn't been on, up on the platform at all. And... and We've, we've had people come through here and we don't know them from Adam or anybody else. 
and they're here for a while, and then they're gone. You know, here for a while, and then they're gone. And I thought, you know, Seth is here every week. And, you know, I finally got with Eric. I was like, Eric, you know, Seth is a musician. He's like, what? I said, yeah, Seth, a musician. He said, what? I think I might have known that, but I don't remember. You know, think there's so much going on. And I was like, Seth is here every week. Put a, you know, give him some spoons or something. You know, I mean... I, I, someone shot me a video of him on the congas. I'm like, we could, you know, congas. How many people in this church would be like, you know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're, bring the, bring on the congas. You know, give him some castanets. You know, give him a shaker. Give him, put something in his man's hand. <laughs> there's a talent, you know. He's a, there's something there. Let's let's see how the anoint, let's see how the anointing affects what what Seth has has in his life. You know what he has working in there. Obviously, the Lord has put something in there and will bring something out if we'll you know if we'll if we'll allow it to be uh, if we'll allow it to be brought out. And so I definitely I definitely we're going to talk about how. That the how that that our associations can bring forth and stir up uh, the anointing in our lives, but I, I definitely want you guys to know and to understand how important it is that when you when you're at a church, when you go to a church, you know Seth has sat here and he could have been like, you know what, I could really help. Lord sent me here to help y'all out, but instead, you know, Seth came and he sat here for an entire over a year. Hadn't, you know what? He hadn't been like, well, for as much as you guys want people to do stuff, I haven't had nothing to do. And that's how some people get. And they don't, you know what? They don't realize that's the very thing that affects the anointing in their life. Is that they can't be content with trying to learn something. But Seth, he'd come with Melody and both of them. Man, hang on, hang on the word of the teaching and the preaching. Listening right. to, want to inquire and have questions. Hey, I got a question, Pastor. Come to a revi revival meetings and get in a line, have hands laid on them. I want to discover more. I need this. I need this. Watching guitar players come and go. Man, can you imagine that? Watching guitar players come and go and be like, you know, I could play guitar. But you know what the most important thing is? The most important thing is, is that when God when God brings us in association with people that, that we don't get in association with them thinking, well, you know, God sent me here just to help this person. But that there's something that I need to draw. You know, those sinners and those publicans, they, they got something from Jesus because they went to hear what Jesus had to say. I, I'll be the first one to tell you all this. I'm not, the, I'm, not, I'm not a perfect person. I'm probably not the most uh, holy person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then again, I don't know, you know I, only know, I only know me and the people I hang out with, and I don't feel like I got it all together all the time, but I will, I will tell you this, I am actively in pursuit of all that the Lord intends for me and for us as a church to have, amen, and I'm, I'm all, I'm, I'm consumed with daily, I mean, it's my whole life, it really is, I don't, <laughs> I really am consumed, my whole life is consumed with fulfilling God's purpose and helping you to fulfill God's purpose and helping God's people to come into that place where they fulfill the purpose of God, where they discover the anointing and the grace and the gift of God working in their lives. 
I want to say this in a way that it doesn't uh, come across as me being ugly, but I think too, I think too many times because because we see faults in pastors and in in ministry gifts that somehow or another we get this thought that we can't receive nothing from them. Can I tell you one more testimony? I promise. Hi. When I was a teenager, you know, I was at a church in South Oklahoma City. It was Day Spring. It was the premier charismatic church there, uh, Assembly God Church. Anyway, I started attending church there, and I was, you know, fired up. I'd, I'd just moved back from Ohio here. I'd been in the Mennonite church before that. I was a year in the Mennonite church and came to Oklahoma to this church. <clears throat> I went to an intercessory prayer meeting, and the intercessory prayer group was in there together. We were praying, and we were praying in the Spirit of God had come upon me, I opened up my eyes, and, and when I opened up my eyes, the Spirit of the Lord showed me this woman, and, and he told me something about her. He told me something that he needed to tell her. And I was like, ooh. So, I, you know, I was just praying in tongues. I was like, well, Lord, should I go now, and, and should I tell her? And I'm just praying in tongues, you know, and just, just praying over it. And finally, I thought, I'm going to go tell her. You know, I was immature. I, I didn't know a whole lot. But I wasn't, I wasn't disruptive. I went up to this woman, and I went to lay my hands on her. And as I laid my hands on her, um, I went to say something to her. And the lady who was over the intercessory prayer group grabbed my hands and yanked my hands off of her. And took my hands. She took my hands, Lindsay. She yanked them off of her. She held on to them like this. And, and then she pulled me close to her and looked me in the face and said, Did I really pull that hard? <laughs> In the name of Jesus. <laughs> but anyway, I, so I, I, she grabbed me, looked at me, and she said, I am the head intercessor. If anyone's going to tell anyone anything, it's going to be me. I, well, you know what? I thought, you nasty thing. I thought nobody that had that attitude could be used of God. Because isn't, isn't that what we think? Isn't that what, here's what we don't realize is you that way too. In some way. In some way, some of you have heard someone preach something and you're like, yeah, I don't know. All of us have done it. And so she, she did that. And, and when, when she did that, you know what? I, I put like an X through, of course, because I'm God. It's like, my, you're, you're disqualified from being used of the Lord. God could never use you. I'm, I'm marking, I'm marking, Ichabod is written over thy life. So instead, she goes, you can stand back here and pray for me as I pray for her. I was like, the gall of this woman. So she lays hands on this woman. She starts to pray in the spirit, and she begins to prophesy over this woman. Do you know what she prophesied? The exact same thing I was hearing. She said to her what I heard. Made me so mad. I mean, I had to bite my tongue. I was like, Lord, how could you? How could you use a woman like that? And you know what his response was? Just like I use a boy like you. I mean, rung the bell. And that, that's, that's when I realized something. I realized that... Um, Number one, man, I've got, to I've got to think about what God is saying to me. I've got, to I've got to let him work things out of me. 
believe me, I've got enough issues for him to work out of me. I ain't got to worry about everybody else's issues. I'm up here preaching. You know why I'm, what I'm pre- why I'm preaching this to y'all? Because this is what I need. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory, boy, y'all are drifting awfully far. The, the, more, the more tacos they put out there, y'all are like, amen. I'm praying for Michael right now. Michael's like, shele por rambasa. <laughs> but, but anyhow, we've got to be careful how we, how we relate to those that God has put uh, in positions of leadership and how we perceive them and how we, how we work with them. You know, some of them we need to get, some of y'all need to get away from some people you've hung out with and lead. Some of you don't need to follow some of the leaders. Some of the leaders you followed led you to during COVID led you to your house to, to, to put a, a hazmat suit on when you could have been ministering to people and helping people out. Those people you don't need to be following. But people that follow the word of God and believe the word of God, who are anointed by the spirit, who equip others to fulfill the purpose of God. Stand up all over the place so I know I'm done. Take this baby so I know I'm finished. I forgot how difficult it was to preach on food days. We don't have very many of them anymore. <laughs> Next time, I'm just going to order up a truck, taco truck. That way, the smell stays outside. We'll... <laughs> of course, this is a fundraiser. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank God. Thank God. I know I kept you a bit long, but not too much. And these seats are so comfortable, you know? <laughs> <laughs> now, y'all remember them uh, waffle chairs, right? I mean, hey, man, you, you don't have a waffle print on your butt, so that's always a positive. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. I, I want you to be praying this week. I want you to be praying that the Lord, number one, that, that the, the, Lord, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and that he'll anoint you. In fact, say this with me. Say, Lord. Let your spirit come upon me. And may I be anointed. Just like Jesus was anointed. Amen. You know what the, you know in Acts, the Bible says that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Have you ever been, uh, this lady behind, have you ever been before? Have you, you've been here before, right? Huh? That's right. I thought you had. And who's this with you? That's your boy. Amen. The favor God's coming on. Favor God's coming on this young man. Big time. The, 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 Lord, the Lord's called him and set him apart. The Lord has set you apart. And the, the enemy, it's his desire. To, it's the enemy's desire to get your focus on things that you believe you'll have to give up in order to do what God's called you to do. But God says it's his desire for you to focus on him and understand the benefits that will come if you'll obey him. So I hear God saying he's leading you to a place and he says, uh, you've, he says you're not, he says you've not gotten out there uh, uh, so far that he doesn't have his hand on you. But the Lord says he's trying to draw you in closer to him so that you can see the vision uh, of, of, the, of the life, the Lord says, that he's called you to live. And 
He wants you to begin to realize the anointing, the anointing of his spirit. I see a gift in your hands. What, what's your name? Wesley? Oh, blessing. Man, you're sunk. Name like that, you, you got to be blessed. Amen. Come here, blessing. I'm going to pray for you. What a great name. That is a great name. I'm glad y'all hung around as long as you did. Now, how old are you? Twelve. Now, see, there's a, there's a gift in your hands. And the Lord, the Lord says you're going to discover his gift and his calling and his anointing. There's some that have, that have tried, to, that tried to make you hurry up and grow up and be something that God, God, listen, God says you need to, he says you need to get into the, to the lane of the spirit and get out of the lane of the flesh. He's going to help you with that. You, you may not understand that, but it's like, it's almost like the enemy has sent people into your life to try to hurry you along, to, to hurry you to a place that God doesn't intend for you to occupy yet. And, and it's, a, it's a very natural thing. It's not even a spiritual thing at all. But, but, but I, see, I see the Lord keeping you. I see his hand resting mightily upon you. I, I, see, the Lord, I see the Lord making up for, making up for the, uh, the shortcomings of men, of people. I hear, I hear God saying that uh, what, what, what men and what people weren't able to do for you, the Lord says, he's going to do that and then some. And he has. The Lord says he's already done some stuff. It says you, you, you've just not realized it, but you're going to realize it. And I hear the Lord saying that he's going to mend a lot of brokenness. A lot of things that, a lot of things that you believe that you would carry around all your life, the Lord says you won't carry it around. God says he's, a, he's bringing healing to some broken things. He's mending some things that are broken. And so, Lord, I thank you today. I thank you that you, you heal that which is broken. That's your word. That's one of the reasons why your word said you were anointed. You're anointed to heal the brokenhearted, to bring freedom to the captive, recovering of sight to those that are blind, to set at liberty those that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord to bring good news to the poor. That that's your word. And so Lord, I thank you that your word works. And that your hand is resting mightily upon blessing. <laughs> In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord may be blessed in order to be a blessing for your glory in Jesus name. In Jesus name. In Jesus' name, thank God. Thank God. Amen. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you came today. Was, was you here last time? You weren't here last time, were you? Thank God. I'm glad you came today. Praise the Lord. God's got his hand on you. Are you serving the Lord with all of your heart? Well, let's fix it. Just say this with me. Say, Jesus, I'm sorry for all my sins. Forgive me. Wash me in your blood. Take my life in your hands. Fill me with your spirit so I can live in victory 
from today forward. Let your spirit come upon me. Let your spirit fill me to overflowing. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for saving. Thank you for forgiving me. Amen. Amen. Now, Lord, I thank you one more time for blessing. Let the anointing of your spirit reside in and upon. May he be filled to overflowing, and may he realize, Lord, the gift that you've placed in him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a, what a great word. Thank God. What a great word. Now tell me your name again. Janelle. Janelle I, I hear the Lord saying that he's going to fill you with his wisdom. I hear God saying that lots of people have offered you advice, but the Lord says, I'm not going to give you advice. God says, I'm going to give you wisdom. And I hear the Lord saying that wisdom is going to bring you, God says, out of the trap that the enemy tried to set for you. The, the Lord says that there are things that, that are trying to remain attached to you that don't reflect God's blessing. Things that, um, things that only the Lord could, it, it would have to take God to take and to remove some of these things. And I hear God saying that, uh, he said, he said, burdens are being removed and yokes are being destroyed from off of your life by the anointing of his spirit today. I hear the, I hear the Lord saying, it's, uh, this is so unusual, but it's almost like I see you being tangled up by, by, um, uh, what are those, uh, vines, like you're, t you're tangled up in vines and you, you got away from those entanglements, but the, it's like the vines, there's still parts of these that are hanging on. God says, God says this, he says, uh, there are things that are going to fall off of you today. He said things that you know that you've been aware of, and he says, and things you've been unaware of. But God says when you walk out of the doors of this church today, you're going to leave out of this church knowing that there's been a change that has transpired, that something has happened, and that the entanglements of old, the Lord says, aren't going with you into the next season. Amen. But the Lord says, he says he's releasing you from those things today for the glory of God in the name of Jesus. So I loose that to you right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for what you're doing, Father. Thank you for your goodness. Oh, glory, glory, glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Boy, the... They turned them loose, didn't they? Thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Well, praise God. Well, I'm, try I'm trying to be obedient to the Lord here. That lady with the glasses on her head. You're the last one, yes. That guy, that one behind you is not a lady. Tell me what your name is. Huh? Jenny. What a wonderful name. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for Jenny. Lord, I thank you for bringing her here today. Father, I thank you that your spirit, 
that your spirit is coming upon her. The, the Lord says you've been, you've been in search of the anointing. God says you've, you've searched and searched and searched. And the Lord says that's the journey of your, it's, it's been the journey of your life. been the journey. So today as I was talking and when I started talking, you were like, that's, that's, that's my heart. That's, that's, what, that's what's in my heart toward the Lord. Uh, the anointing and the anointing of his spirit to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so something, had, something was stirred up in you. To, the Lord says where there was hopelessness, God says he's restoring hope. God says when you're, when you're uh, wh- the Lord says when you lost hope, the Lord says there, there was a, a downturn in expectancy. You, you didn't expect no more. But I hear God saying he's turning up the hope and God says he's, he's uh, elevating your level of expectancy. And the Lord says you're going to begin to expect uh, that God is going to be, it, it, it was, there was, there was a, a, a few years there where it's hard for you to see past the circumstances uh, that you saw rising. And you, you, uh, it seemed like every day you, you, uh, you woke up with a new thought, a new direction, a new way of thinking. And, but it wasn't good. It only, it only caused uncertainty. And it, 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 it didn't enable you to take uh, sure steps. It's like every step that you took was uncertain. But I hear God saying, those days are behind you. The Lord says, your steps are going to become more assured and more certain. God says, you're going to step forward with greater confidence. Uh, because the Lord says, he's going to clear the air. He's going to clear the atmosphere around your life. The Lord says, the fog is lifting. And you're going to begin to see clearly before you. And God says, and you're going to, and you're going to, uh, your expectancy is going to rise. Your faith is going to increase. And the Lord says, you're going to continue on the journey of the journey the Lord says to discover the greater measure of the anointing of God's spirit and the, and the greater depths of, of, uh, of the, the, uh, the spirit led life in Jesus name. So I loose that to you today in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Say that makes sense to you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. I, I hear, I hear God tell me to tell you this too. He says, there's a shaking in your family. The Lord says things are shaking in your whole family. God says he's got his eyes on your family. The Lord says what you have prayed over your family for years, God says, is about to come to pass. The Lord says I'm about to, I'm about to invade your family with revival and with the move of the Spirit. And I hear the Lord saying there's some that have turned, they seem to have turned their eyes away from the Lord, but their eyes are about to be turned back to Jesus. And their hearts are about to be surrendered again to the Lordship of, of, of Jesus. But, but, God, but God says uh, this, he says, he says, uh, he says that heaven, heaven's attention is turned toward you and toward your house. And the Lord says, you can expect, he says, that the very angels of heaven, uh, that you'll experience their comings and their goings uh, on your behalf, because God says, it's working. Amen. It's working. What the devil tried to tell you wasn't working, the Lord says it's working in the name of Jesus. Someone needs to shout to the Lord. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. We got a runner here. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your word. 
We thank you for what you said to us today. We thank you, Father, for your spirit who's working in this house. Lord, I pray that uh, before we leave here today, that there'll be an exchange, that there'll be a uh, transference of, an impartation of the anointing from one person to another here in this house. Father, thank you. We thank you, Lord, for each and every individual. May we take a step up this week higher because of what you've spoken to us today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, I love you. Thank God. Oh, it's getting gooder and gooder and better and better. Amen. And uh, I'm going to trust that uh, as we gather together uh, this week for all the things we have going on, that we're going to not only meet with one another, but with God's spirit. Don't forget the things that were on the announcements. Uh, next Sunday, come. Listen, if, you, if you're interested in becoming a member of Winner's Church, I think Hilda may have already said this up at the beginning. We have a, a new members class that we have next month. And it really is just uh, to familiarize people with uh, what we believe in. And uh, uh, we're, I think you can tell what we believe. We're a spirit-led, spirit-filled church. And uh, we believe that God is going to pour out his spirit in these last days in revival, just like was spoken in the book of Joel. Um, But if you're interested in being a part and you want to make Winner's Church your home church, then get with, you saw the little lady that was up here, Hilda. She's back. Wave your hand. She's back here. She got her hand waving. See Hilda. She will tell you exactly, you know, what you need to do. Um, During that class, I will be there. You can come and ask me questions, hang out with me. I know some of you like, I feel gypped. You weren't at my class, Pastor. I know we were in revival. I apologize. Uh, I have missed a couple of them. But, um, but we, want, we, want to, uh, well, we want you to be welcome. You're looking for a church home. We just want to say welcome home. Welcome home. Amen. But uh, please do stay for tacos. I don't care if you ordered them or not. We have extras, don't we? Yes. <laughs> 